0: God is good, huh? He's good. He is good all the time, and all the time he is good. My name is Pastor Chris, and... Glad that you're with us today, especially glad if you're a new guest of ours this morning. If this is your first time here, uh, we welcome you. If for some of you this is your second time here, we welcome you. Uh, Especially welcome you if last week was your first time at Evangel, and you came at 11 o'clock and no one else was here. Uh, It's because we were doing something called Service for Service. Come on, can I hear some love for that, church? And that's a day where we gave up our church service to step out And to serve Christ and serve our neighbors with the love of Christ in our community. And God accomplished a great deal last week. And I just want to celebrate and thank all those that poured themselves out. Uh, Thank you. Give yourselves a round of applause for just serving and, and working through the weather, through the rain. It was a day and I don't know, is it raining outside this morning still? Little bit, yeah, so it was raining a little bit last Sunday, and uh, you came, you pressed through. Some of you, we had to pry you off of the projects. We're saying the the, the, the paint isn't going to stick. You got to come home. You, you just wanted to serve. Thank you for pressing through. Thank you for serving. The testimonies are coming back. Um, People have seen, our neighbors have noticed, people have heard about the love of Christ through what we've done. Um, Service for Service 2017 was an incredible blessing. I think you can go back to the original vision for this day. Um, And I go back to 2013, we were stepping into a new season as a church. And I was praying at that time and saying, Lord, would you just give me a sense of vision, a sense of direction as to, Lord, what would you want to mark this upcoming season of where you're leading Evangel Church? And this vision, this dream came into my heart of what would it look like if God's people, if his church, instead of just gathering together, were sent out from the church on a day? A day when everyone expected them to be within the four walls. They weren't within the four walls because what God wanted to do on that day couldn't be contained within the four walls. What would it look like for a people to be sent out as missionaries into our own backyards to show people the love of Christ in a tangible way? So that they could see Jesus' love through us. Jesus said that may they love one another. May their love be the very thing that when the world looks at them, they will believe that the Father has sent me. Would they see something in us and will we be on display? Would we be, as Jesus said, like salt and light, affecting the environment around us, shining so that others can see and through our good deeds do what? Glorify our Father in heaven. Church, that's what we got to take part in last Sunday. And I'm so thankful and proud as your pastor that we could be that church. I love that we're getting that name now. That you're that church, the church that goes out and serves the community. You're that church. When the storms come, you respond so quickly. You're that church that's willing to go above and beyond. You're that church. I want to be that church. I want to be that group of people that people see and can see the love of Christ and wonder why do you do what you do? Church, we had an opportunity to show Christ's love in so many tangible ways. Whether it was serving veterans, serving our first responders, serving those in nursing homes, going out into our community, coming alongside of those who have difficulties that they're going through in their own lives, showing up at people's homes that have been through some incredible trials. We have one woman who's a young widow that's connected to our body, and we love her and her family dearly. And to have a team show up there. And help beautify and transform her home. We have a a man whose life has been changed for eternity because of what happened last Sunday that I can't wait to tell you about later. To see those that we came alongside. To see the mayors of our local towns there at different sites saying, wow, we have a lot of people that talk about helping. But you've shown up and you've done it. Church, we've seen what God can do, and we'll just walk in obedience and step out. It truly was our biggest missions trip of the year, and it was in our very own backyard. And I'm thankful that you were a part of it. I'm thankful that we could take a few moments today to just celebrate all that God did and give the glory to Jesus for what he's done through us. We truly were able to live out our heart of changed lives, changing lives, and God gets all the glory for it. I'm excited to be able to show you and just celebrate with you some of the exciting things that happened in Service for Service 2017. So I'm gonna invite you right now to turn your attention to the screens and let's take a look back at all that God accomplished last Sunday. That's just a piece of all that God accomplished, church. Through us being the church on a Sunday, stepping out into our community to show the love of Christ in a tangible way. I believe that this is just the beginning though. I believe this is just a a glimpse of what God has in store for us. And today the the message is kind of in two parts. The first is I wanna talk about what we did, and so that's what we just got a chance to do, is talking about what we did and what God accomplished through us in service or service. But I wanna also talk more importantly about why we did what we did, the why behind it, because I believe that's so important. What could it look like, church, For every day, us to live in such a way that we're seeing God working and moving through us. What if the heart behind why we did what we did was something we lived out every single day? God would use us in ways that we could never imagine. Amen? So this is the goal. This is the heart behind it. This is what we did in service for service. There are so many that were served and so many of you that stepped out and served and cared for those in our communities that needed a touch from God. Some just needed to be reminded. Someone said, this is a reminder that there is a God when I see you and what you've done. It reminds me that there's a God. Because you know what happens? Sometimes people forget about God. They forget about him. They forget there is a God. God. And more tragically, others, when they deal with circumstances and they feel all alone, they feel that God has forgotten about them. Sometimes God will use you as the reminder in someone's life to let them know there is a God who sees them, who knows them, and who desires to have a personal relationship with them. Do you realize that's part of what God has called us to do? That's who he's called us to be. When people see us, when we're living for Jesus, people see us, and it points the way to him. It reminds them that there is a God who loves them and who wants to know them. And so I'm going to invite you in your Bibles today to open up with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to get behind the why. Why we do what we do? Why did we do service for service? Why do we reach out as a church? Why do we serve? Why do we go on these trips to other parts of the world? We get to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the apostle Paul is someone who his whole world was turned upside down. When he started following Jesus, The day he met Jesus was a day that he was headed on the road in the wrong direction. A road that led to death, that led to destruction, that did not have a sense of that same purpose. It was a road of hopelessness. And as he was walking that road, he had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. I can relate to that because I know in my own life, when Jesus found me, I was headed in all the wrong directions. Anyone else in the room? You know what I'm talking about? I was heading down the wrong road. I wasn't walking in the right way. And I'm so thankful that Jesus turned my life around. So for Paul, this is what happened to him. He had a life-changing encounter on the road to Damascus. We read about it in the book of Acts. And when his life turned around, everything changed. When he met Jesus, everything changed. You know what? Jesus has this way of just changing lives everywhere that he goes when people met him they left different someone met him and he was born blind he left him seeing people met jesus one way and they left transformed by that encounter with him here's what i'm so thankful that today the tomb is empty you won't find jesus body buried you know why because he is alive he's risen from the dead he died for our sins. He's ascended into heaven. And guess what? He's still changing lives today. Come on, somebody. Are you living proof of that? He's still changing lives today. He's not done. His work isn't completed. He's still working in us and through us. So I think Paul's words to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 about the why. Why do we do what we do as followers of Jesus is so important. And as Paul is giving an explanation, because once people saw... The difference that Jesus made in Paul's life, it became a little strange to some of them. They couldn't quite understand why he was doing some of the things that he was doing. Can you relate to that? Some of you, you started following Jesus, and those close to you started wondering, why don't you do that anymore, and why do you do it that way, and why are you living the way? And there's a reason now, right? There's a reason that I'm different. Jesus has made the difference one of our sisters, Dee Glenn, I think she said it at one of our service or service rallies. She said, We are a peculiar people. Look at your neighbor, say, You're peculiar. Come on, tell them that. And that's not to insult them. Here's why we say that, because the Bible calls us that. We're different. We're different. When the world sees us, they kind of wonder, Why are they the way that they are? And we want people to ask those questions for all the right reasons. I believe last Sunday, people were left with this question. Why are you doing what you're doing? And guess what? There's one reason. Jesus. It's because of Jesus and what he's done for us. It's the same reason that the Apostle Paul shares here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 23. Here's what he says. I do everything. Someone say everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. He said, I do everything I do to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. I want you to know something, that when you and I begin to realign our lives to follow Jesus, and when we begin to even live out these words, what if your life was marked by being someone that did everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings? What would it look like for your life to do that? I want you to know what a glimpse of that could look like. It's what we did last Sunday. That you do what you do and you point that back to Jesus in your life. Paul said, "What you see me doing, things you can't understand, things that you're wondering about, things that you're thinking. About, I want you to know something. Let me make it real simple. Here's my job description. Here's my life description." I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. I've been convicted reading this verse of scripture and said, Lord, there's a lot of things that define my life. There's a lot of things that I do. But Lord, I want at the top of that as a follower of you to be, I want to do everything I can to spread the good news Lord, about you and to share in the blessings, Lord God, that you have for me as I live for you. This is what Paul committed his life to. He wanted others to see, to know, to understand that there's a God who loves them, that can know them personally. He did everything for the sake of others coming to Jesus. This is what it means to spread the good news. In some of your Bibles, it would say, I did this for the sake of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is this. It's the good news of God. That God so loved the world that he sent his son. He loved us even before we could love him. He loved us in our sin and in our brokenness. He loved us in our shame so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. And his son rose again on the third day, Jesus. And whoever puts their faith in Jesus can live and not die. Could experience the promise of heaven and a relationship with God that will change their life forever. I don't know about you. That's good news, church. That was good news for me when I turned my life to him. It's good news for you the moment you met him. It's the good news. I don't know in the church, I think we got to remember that we have not just the, the good news, we have the best news there is to know. There's the greatest news that has ever been told, that Jesus loves us. We can have a personal relationship with God. And I think we've forgotten, church, we've fallen asleep. We've forgotten that the good news is good news. I think sometimes Christians are seen as those that don't have good news. We have a lot of bad news. All the things we're against, and all the things that this, and you know, there's hell if you don't receive Jesus, and all these things. And you know what? The good news gets drowned out by everything else. There's those broken realities in the world, but I want you to know Jesus came and there is good news. You don't have to live in your sin. You don't have to walk in the way that you've walked. There is life. There is hope. There is a future. His name is Jesus. It's good news, church. It's not bad news. It's good news. We need to be reawakened to that. We need to be reawakened to the fact that there's a God who loves us, who wants to have a personal relationship with us. We need to be reawakened to the fact that there are people around us every single day, that it's the good news that we have has not reached them yet. They don't know the good news. They haven't experienced that. And I believe God has a purpose for them being in your life and you being in their life. It's to do what Paul did to spread the good news. My life has been changed. I'm not who I used to be. Is there anyone else that that's your story? That's your song. That's your testimony. My life has been changed because of Jesus. There's a young girl who's in our church. Today was the day that at the end of the service, she made a decision to put her faith in Jesus. Her life is different now. Praise God. We're so thankful. I had a chance to pray with her after service because today's the day she said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I I put him first in my life. That's amazing. It's incredible. That's the good news changing lives. As Paul went through his life, he committed everything he did to the good news. Everywhere he went, everywhere he served, people he associated himself with. And then he found himself in prison. And I want you to turn with me now to the book of Colossians in the New Testament. In the book of Colossians, we see Paul is in prison at the time of this writing of this letter. And it's in times like that that you can kind of become reflective on your life. You can look back And you can begin to get perspective, hindsight, looking back and seeing everything that you've done. And I don't know about you, but maybe there's been a season that you've given a lot and you've served a lot and you maybe have asked this question, was it worth it? Here's everything that I did. Here's all the things that I was trying. Was it worth it? I mean, what good did it do? Where's the fruit? What's the fruit of that look like? You've given of yourself, maybe you have some scrapes, some bumps, some bruises along the way. And you can ask that question. I mean, Paul has now found himself in prison. He's done everything for the sake of spreading the gospel, and now he's in prison. And he looks back, and as he's writing this letter to the church in Colossae, he has a beautiful statement that he makes, a celebration about the good news that he committed his life to spreading. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. And I said at last service, if our church had a theme verse, I think this would be a great contender. Colossians 1.6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the first day that you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. If, God were, if Paul were speaking to us today, and I know that God's word is speaking to us every day we could say yes and amen. We've seen how through our church and through our history that the good news that we have received is going out everywhere, touching lives. It's reaching all the way around the world as people are signing Christmas cards for missionaries before and after our service. That's all the reach to every nation all around us. We're seeing the good news going out. This last week, we saw the good news going out into our own backyard, into our neighborhoods. We're seeing it bear fruit where it goes. And as we live for Jesus, we're seeing that happen. You know, if Paul were talking to us today, he might have a different phrase that he might use to describe what he's talking about here. When he says, the good news is going out, it's spreading far and wide, it's bearing fruit everywhere. I believe that if you just allow me to paraphrase this for a moment. I believe that what Paul is saying is that the good news has gone viral. Is anyone with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? The good news has gone viral. Now, some of you are saying, that sounds very dangerous. Should we call the, uh, you know, the, uh, the disease control? No, no, I'm not talking about that kind of viral. I'm talking about the viral that happens when news is shared. When you look down at a video and you see that well, yesterday it had 1,000 views, now it has 8 million views, that kind of viral. When something catches on, when it's spread far and wide, when a piece of information, a piece of news, a piece of media, when something catches on and just spreads far and wide, it means it's gone viral. What Paul's saying is the good news has gone viral. The good news is going out all over the world and it's touching lives. It's spreading further than we could have ever imagined. The gospel has gone viral. You know, I've thought about this idea of of viral and what happens when something goes viral, when news travels fast. I thought about that, and many of us, we see this all the time. We see that there's stuff that it gets shared and shared and shared, and before long, millions of people are interacting with it. A few years ago, some of you got swept up in a very big debate, a debate that stopped the world on its axis. It was a debate as to what color the dress was. Come on, somebody. What color is this dress? (laughs) Come on, let me hear you. Is it blue? Is it black and gold? (laughs) Okay, but well, is what people thought. There's 2.4 million crazy people that thought it's, it's gold and white. I didn't see white. I don't even know where that's coming from. But this is it. I mean, this went viral. Someone just shared it and said, what color is this? And before long, that question captivated the world. It went viral. That news, that dress went viral and touched millions of people that they were interacting with and engaging with it. Some things, there are things that you'll laugh at. A mom showed up in a parking lot and filmed a video of a Chewbacca mask and her laughing. And it reached millions of people. Almost 10 million people have watched that video. You know what's amazing about her is she's actually a worship pastor at an Assemblies of God church in Dallas. And, um, and when that happened for her, do you know what she said? She said, I'm thankful that God's given me this platform because then I could share With others about Jesus. But it went viral. And then in our own backyard, I don't know if you know, but we have some young adults that are kind of famous in our own backyard. Um, They have had some videos and some other things that have gone viral. And one of them actually really got me thinking about the title to this series of messages when I saw it. It was in February of this last year, and our, uh, I don't see him in the back, but one of our guys that's on our media department team on staff is Chris Nervegna. Let's give some love to Chris. We appreciate Chris and Josh and the the whole team and Jonathan and Marissa. But Chris was having his 22nd birthday earlier this year, and when his friends came around him and said, Chris, what do you want to do for your birthday? He had the strangest request I could ever imagine. I want to paint some Bob Ross paintings. Come on, does anyone remember Bob Ross? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. There's like very few people that are real. So they went on Netflix. They found some painting with Bob Ross videos, and they had a paint like Bob Ross party. For his 22nd birthday. This is pictures of them sitting in the basement doing that. Here's the beautiful uh, pictures that they actually finished. They do look really nice, huh? Look at all the happy trees and the mountains and all those things. They posted this on social media and guess what happened? It went viral, blew up. When I say it blew up, I'm talking like millions of people saw it was picked up by major news guys. I watched a video this week um, of, on national news talking about this group of people from New Jersey from in our own church because they had a birthday party and painted like Bob Ross. Church, news travels fast. When people find something um, happy, enjoyable, something that connects with them, they share it with others. When they find good news, when they find bad news, when they find news worth sharing, they share it with others. Information has the power to go viral. And here's what I realized as I thought of that. I thought, wow, you never really know. What has the power to go viral until you share it? I thought that looking at that video, and that's when I felt the Lord speak to my heart and say, the same way with my good news, until someone's willing to share it. You have no idea of how far I want to bring my word and who I want to reach through that. So this is what happens in information. This is what happens in life. This is what happens around us. But I want you to know That the greatest news, the good news of Jesus, has the power and potential to go viral when we share it with others. And so the title of this series of messages coming up as we're walking into the next six weeks is going to be called Viral. And it's about faith moving fast. It's about us understanding the power of the gospel and the story of what Jesus has done in us. That we begin to share it with others so that it could spread far and why? And I just believe God wants to do something of a revival in our hearts, in our area, in our lives again, that our faith is going to go viral. That the story of what Jesus has done in me is going to spread to those around me that they too will know. You know, in, in my life, I have information that comes in front of me every single day. We have more access to information at the tips of our fingers than we've ever had in human history. Will someone say amen? Come on, you realize that. You have a library in your pocket. You have everything that you need that you could even imagine. So what we have here is I have on my social media, I have different pages. And whenever I go onto those pages, I'll normally be able to like something, to heart it or love it. I can laugh at it. I can do all kinds of things now to respond to a post that I see. But I want you to know that if I like something, I click like. If I, if I love it, if I think it's great, if it warms my heart, I click love. But when I really deeply care about something and I want others to know it, what do I do? I share it. Come on, somebody. I share it. When I know that it has the power to help someone else, when I want someone else to enter, I'm willing to share it. Some of you know what this is all about because that's all you do. You just share stuff. Your whole timeline is just you sharing this and that, this recipe. Like, you know what you're doing that for? You want others to see it, don't you? You want others to know it. You want others to recognize it. It's more than you just liking it, loving it. It's like you got to get this information. You have to understand this news. And you want everyone connected with you to know that. Sounds familiar. <laughs> it sounds like Paul. In the approach that he took, he said, I do everything for the sake of sharing the good news with others, spreading it with others. I want you to know that you and I, we're willing to to like and to love, but are we willing to share? I believe when you come to church and you stand in our services, you're, you're liking it. You're liking it. When you lift your hands and you get pretty engaged, you sign up for something, maybe you're loving it. You're getting really connected. But I want to ask you the question, are you sharing Jesus with others regularly? Are you sharing about what Jesus has done in your life? Because I want you to know those things are great. It's good that we worship. It's good that we come together. But church, we can't fall asleep when it comes to sharing Jesus with those around us. You know why? Because your pastor wouldn't be here today if someone didn't share Jesus with me. And some of you, you wouldn't be where you are today if Jesus didn't share, someone didn't share Jesus with you. And what are we doing? What are we doing to share him with others? There's a startling statistic that we came across that says that of Christians, 100% agree when polled that sharing their faith is important, that it's vitally important, something we should be doing as Christians. Whenever they ask the same group of people, how many of them have shared their faith with at least one other person in the last 12 months, only 52% said they did. Okay, a few of you are startled by that. 100% we say, yes, it's very important, it's vitally important. In the last 12 months, only 52% had even done it once. There's a disconnect. We realize something's important, but what's stopping us? from sharing our faith, from letting others know about the hope of what Jesus has done in us. I want you to know until we're willing to share, we're not going to see anything go viral. And so if our faith is meant to go out further, faster, and reach more, we have to be willing to share. That's what the goal of this series is. It's to help equip and inspire you to help your faith, the story of what Jesus has done in your life, to go further, faster, to reach more people, to touch more lives. And we want to give you tools. We want to equip you with principles that will help you walk this out so that you can share your faith with others. This whole church that Paul's talking to in Colossae, a whole group of people that's lives have been changed. Do you know what it started with? It started with one person sharing their faith with them. Look what Paul says in, first, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. He said, you learned about the good news from Epaphras our beloved coworker he is Christ's faithful servant he's helping us on your behalf he has told us about the love for others that the holy spirit has given you he says Epiphras is the whole reason any of you came to know jesus because he was willing to share with you he was a beloved servant he shared the good news and now this church is allowing the good news to go out far and wide church we have no idea the power the potential Of the good news when we just share it. We have no idea how far and wide it will reach. We have no idea what God will do through it. Some of us have seen this in the scriptures that the gospel, the word of God, is likened to a seed. And I want you to know how powerful of a connection that that the gospel has to a seed because the seed has so much potential. It's so much more potential than you could ever imagine. If you took just one apple seed, and you say, what what potential lies in this apple seed? And some of you say it's a potential for another apple. It's a potential for a tree. Oh my goodness, like hundreds or thousands of apples. You're thinking too small. Inside that one seed could be the potential for millions of orchards. Have you ever thought about that? Millions of trees. Out of just one because it's a multiplying effect. I want you to know the gospel is the same way. Jesus said that whenever the word of God goes out and it finds right soil, it bears fruit a hundredfold. I want you to know that there was someone in my life that shared the good news about Jesus with me. His name was Mike. Mike had no idea in that moment that when he was sharing the good news with me that down the road, years and years later, I would stand in this pulpit and I've delivered the good news to many. There were some seasons where there could be 50 or 100 people that would give their lives to Christ. He had no idea that it was because Mike was obedient to plant one seed that we're seeing a harvest on the other end. Come on, somebody. We had no idea that whenever Delilah Glenn, one of our faithful sisters here in the church, she shared the good news of who Jesus was with Alicia Croswell, that one day she'd marry the person who would now be our student ministries pastor in the house. It's touching an entire generation. You have no idea what God will do through your simple act of obedience to just share the good news about Christ. But I want to tell you something. If no one shared it with me, how would I have known? I want you to know there are people God's putting in your life. And what he's called you to do is to share the good news about who Jesus is and about what Jesus has done in you. And until we're willing to do that, we're missing out on these opportunities that are all around us. Why do we do that? Why do we share? Why do we serve people? Why do we love in that way? Do you know why? We love because God first loved us. It says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. That's why we do what we do. That's why we share. It's because we care about that person. We care about them needing to know Jesus. We care about them knowing the love that has changed our lives. Paul begins to talk about in Colossians 1 about how he prayed for the church in Colossae. Here's what he says. He says, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then... The way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while as you grow and learn to know God better and better. Paul says when you do this, when you walk, when you walk with God, your life will begin to bear every good fruit. What is the fruit he's talking about? Go back to verse 6. He says the good news is going out bearing fruit everywhere by doing what? Changing lives. That's a part of the fruit that comes out of a life-changing relationship with Jesus is that others around you come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And I believe one of the key parts is, and this isn't the only part of the fruit that's spoken of that comes out of your life, one of the keys is the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. When you come to Jesus, you're not who you used to be. I'm changed from the inside out, and the Holy Spirit is working in me. I'm different, and there's fruit that comes out of my life when I submit myself to Jesus as my Lord and there's a patience a gentleness a kindness a self-control and and in my life i try to cultivate and have and surrender my life in such a way that the holy spirit could lead and guide and these things flow out of me instead of the old things the things that shame my past the things that are a part of who i used to be and not who i am today but we now have the fruit of the spirit you know it's dangerous so the longer we're in this The longer we walk with Jesus, I think that we put the fruit of the Spirit in the back seat. We maybe put the gifts of the Spirit in the front seat. Say, I want to see those. I want to see healings. I want to see all this supernatural. I want to see the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes and amen. But sometimes we do it while neglecting the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And I want you to know, we we can run after the gifts of the Spirit. But if we have neglected the fruit of the Spirit. And we're not patient. We're not kind. We're not gentle. We lost our self-control along the way. We're in a dangerous place. Are you with me, church? We're in a dangerous place. Because I do believe it's the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It draws. You know why it changes lives and bears fruit everywhere? Because when people come in contact with us, they recognize the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Why are you so patient? Why do you do? like? Why, why are you that way? They see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and it attracts people to us. We're going to be careful. We're not repelling people, but that they're drawn to Christ in us. And they want to lean in. They want to learn more. They want to know about who he is. It bears fruit in other people's lives. So Paul tells us, says, be very careful how you live. When he's talking to another church what he writes to while he's in prison, a church in Ephesus, in chapter 5, he, he warns them about how they live in the same way. He says, be very careful, Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If you would look at the days today, would you categorize them as evil? There's a lot going on in the world right now. The days are getting darker. There's a lot of troubling things that are happening. There's a lot of things that are burdensome that are taking place all around the world. He says the days are evil, so be very careful. Careful how you live. Don't live as the unwise. Live as the wise, making the most of every opportunity. Some of you, if you know the old King James version of this passage, it says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time is a great way to think about what he's saying here because Paul is using a word for time when he says, make the most of every opportunity. It means like redeem the time. Make the most of this moment that's in front of you. But this word for time is different than other times in Scripture. Because we see that there are two words in the Greek that are used to describe time. One of them is chronos. Chronos is about linear time. It's about just the ticking away of time. It's a way of measuring time like we do on a clock. Time is just continually moving forward. It's You can never escape it. It's just kind of ticking down. It's always advancing. It's chronos time, just going forward. But then there's another word for time, kairos. And kairos is a different kind of time. It literally means... An appointed time. Let me go as far as to say a divinely appointed time. It's a moment in time where time kind of stands still. It's like a God moment. I like to call it a divine appointment. It's that moment on your calendar that may look like everything else, but God himself has circled it. God himself has ordained it. God himself has something of special divine significance in that moment. I've had Kairos moments in my life. I've had Kronos moments in my life. But I can recognize those moments when God showed up in my life in a special way. My wife reminded me that in both of our rings and our wedding bands, we have Kairos engraved. To just recognize that we want to live our lives and a part of even us coming together, we recognize as God ordained. It's something he has done. And we recognize our marriage day as a day where we wanted that and pray that would be a, a Kairos moment, a moment where God would just meet us in a special way and lead us into life. There's these moments in your life that I believe are divinely appointed. There are places that God is leading you towards for a specific purpose. And it's in those moments that we've got to make the most of them. That's what Paul says. Make the most of the Kairos moments, the God centered appointments, the divine appointments that I'm bringing into your life. I believe last Sunday, there were some divine appointments along the way. There were moments in time, and some of you were able to participate in them, that God had scheduled it. God had made it as such and put you there just as you needed to be for someone. Some of you know the story. Others of you, only eternity will tell the story. You have no idea the difference you are making in someone's life. But I think about this gentleman that we heard about in the video. He had had a stroke. He had been calling us for a while at the church when we had posted that we were willing to help our neighbors. And he would call and he'd give us his name. And then he would just leave like one or two numbers at the end. He'd say, call me back. And he would, he would not give a complete phone number. And he did this multiple times and repeated himself. And finally we recognized something seems like it's off here something seems strange about this man who continues calling but he's not giving us a way to contact him again and when we got in touch with him he said you have to you know forgive me i recently had a major stroke and I'm having some serious challenges and difficulties, and I could use help in my home. And we sent a team there last Sunday. We're able to help him to care for his home. But by the time the team left his house, this man gave his life to Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Isn't that incredible, church? He turned, like, this man went from almost dying to coming into a life changing relationship with Jesus. That's a Kairos moment in someone's life that time has stood still. God was making a way right there. God has those moments for you. But service or service was just the beginning. What could it look like for you and I to live in such a way that each day we're aware of and making the most of those moments that God has for us? A moment. Where God has it, he wants us to share with someone around us, someone that we know, someone that we don't know that well. But God would prompt our heart, and in that moment, we would be able to step out and share about who Jesus is. Some of you said, Pastor, it sounds intimidating. That's the reason for the journey we're about to take. Through this time, we're going to equip you with principles from God's word. We're not looking anywhere else. We're looking at the life of Jesus. We're looking at the way he did it. We're looking at the, what we see in the scriptures and saying, what are the principles on how people share the good news about Jesus in a way that it spread far and wide? And it has to do with how we see people. It has to do with how we connect with them. It has to do with how we engage in conversations and share our stories. And over the next six weeks, we're going to desire to equip you, to help you, to share your faith with others. So take this journey with us. You don't want to miss out on what God has in store because I believe he has many divine appointments along the way. So here's how you can get the most out of the next six weeks as we go through viral together. The first one is to join a small group. Join a small group, join a small group. You cannot get everything out of this series without being a part of a small group. And so in your uh, bulletin today, you received a card to sign up. Please sign up, become a part of one of the groups. You'll see there are groups here. We're still adding groups on. So if you don't see one um, or or you need to be in a different one, then please just sign up and bring this out and let us know and we'll be glad to connect with you. If you're willing to host a group, I need someone willing to host a group in Scott. Plains because we just filled up. I need someone else to host one in in South Plainfield. So if I'm speaking to a town you live in and you'd be willing just to open your home, we would be so glad to be able to host a group as we kick off this series. I'm so thankful that groups are filling up and I want to see as many people get connected because it's in the groups that we're going to be going deeper into each of the principles of viral faith that helps you to spread your faith, the tools to equip you. That happens and will happen best in our group times each week. You don't want to miss out on it. Um, We're going to be diving deep. We have videos that we've filmed that go through the teaching so you don't have to worry about that. We have a book that we've now printed that has all the sessions in it, all the notes, a way for you to walk through the entire series that you don't want to miss out on. So, um, So I want to get all this into your hands today as you prepare to take the journey with us in Viral. I'm going to invite Pastor Rick to come forward at this time. When you look at this booklet we have in here, it's each of the session notes for all the small group sessions. We have an area for you to take some notes. Um, we also have daily devotionals, just a short thought for you to reflect on in a verse of scripture to read. Uh, each day of the week between sessions so you can continue to reinforce what we've been talking about. We have one verse of scripture for you to memorize each week. Remember the power of habit. We talked about internalizing God's word. You have a chance to do that. All that's found in our viral guide. And um, if you're a part of a small group or you sign up for a small group today, this is free for you. But we have extra copies for as many people that would like to take the journey with us. We'll make these videos available to you. We'll help you. Get connected, so stop out. We're asking for a $5 donation if you're not in groups to pick up a book, but if you don't have that, let us know. We wanna um, get as many of these into hands of as many people as possible. You can't get everything out of this series without being a part of a group. God wants to grow us together in community. And so if you aren't yet a part of one, if you'd be willing to host one, if you and your family would say, let's just become a group right now. Let's invite some other friends around us. We want to take this journey with as many people as possible and see our faith go further than ever before. Amen? Are you still with me, church? So get into a group. Get connected, pick up a booklet as you're going out and just, this will just help you kind of in the series as we're going through each week as we can see the good news of Jesus go further, faster and wider. As you bow your heads with me right now, I wanna just close with this. What is that good news? We talked about it today. It's the good news of what Jesus has done for us. I love how Paul says it right here in this passage of scripture that we've been studying this morning. He says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Would you just think back with me right now to that moment when you first met Jesus? Who shared Jesus with you? Maybe today you could send a text message to someone. Maybe you can just say thank you again because there may be someone in your life that You know you wouldn't be here today if they did not share Jesus with you. And let's pray that a year from today, there might be someone in your life that could turn to you and say, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for you sharing Jesus with me. Begin to pray that God would give you the boldness. For some of you, this is God confirming again and again that it's time for you to step up and step out and share his love with others that the same good news that changed your life could go out all over the world and bear fruit everywhere by changing lives as you share Jesus with others. I'm gonna ask you today, if you have a relationship with Jesus, to just begin to pray and ask the Lord to put people on your heart that don't yet know him, to make you sensitive in the next six weeks to those that need to know about the hope of Christ in you. Ask God to put divine appointments in your life, starting today, where you could share his hope and his love with others. But I'm talking to some today in the room that you've heard about this good news and to everyone else it's good news, but for you, you've never fully surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never made that decision to put Jesus first in your life and ask him to come and to forgive you of your sins. Today, you're only a heart's turn away from him. But that's a step you have to be willing to take. God loved you so much. He sent his son. Jesus died on the cross for you. And if you believe that and that he rose again and you confess your sins and commit to follow him, you can have a brand new life. But you have to be willing to take that first step towards him. So today with every head bowed and your eyes are closed today, If today's the day that you'd say, I want to turn my life to Jesus, Pastor. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to pray for you, but you need to acknowledge that. So right now, if that's you, would you just lift your hand right above your head? I want to pray for you specifically. If that's you, lift your hand up. Amen. I see your hand up. Is there anyone else? Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else today? Within the sound of my voice, that's you. I see you up here in the front. Praise God. In the balcony. I see your hands in the balcony. Just leave them up for just a moment. Right now, Lord, we come before you and I pray for anyone else, Lord God, that's responding. I pray for the person watching right now online, Lord God, that you would just meet them in this moment as they take this step. Amen. If there's anyone else, just lift your hand right above your head. Lift it high for just a moment so I could see you. I want to pray for you. Amen. I want you to repeat these words after me and whenever you... Say this prayer, I want you to say it from the bottom of your heart. Repeat these words with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again for me. Come into my life, forgive me of my sins and help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate with those that have taken that first step? Praise God, excited for you. We have someone that's going to come and give you a book that we just want to give you as a gift. If you had your hand up, just leave it up for a moment until one of our people can come alongside of you and give you that gift. We'd love to connect with you and help you take this journey together. Church, would you stand with me this morning? We do everything we do for Jesus to spread the good news. I want to pray for you that God would awaken in us a spirit, a heart to share him with others, that he quicken our steps. And as we take this journey together, that we would see many lives changed as a result. Amen. Amen, Lord Jesus. I pray for each one today, Lord God. Has heard Your word, may it go deep into our hearts, Lord God. Would You stir us, Lord God, to live it out, to share the good news of who You are with more people, Lord God. Reawaken that heart, that burden in us. We pray, Lord God, help us to get connected to one another. Help us to allow these principles to be applied to our life in a way that many will come to know You and come into a life changing relationship with Jesus Christ. In Your name we pray, Amen and Amen. God. bless you today. We're so thankful that you're here. We're so thankful for all that God is accomplishing. And if you need prayer, we're going to have some of our altar workers up here at the front. Um, If not, please head out, get connected, pick up some of these books and get connected in a group before you leave today. God bless.